Hey guys, I'm Chris Gatros, and I'm host of Indie Roots, and you are live in my closet. I'm here today with Clinton Robinson, owner of R&R Productions. Hi Chris, thanks for having me on. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How about you, man? I'm doing alright. Can't complain. Not like anybody would listen anyways. Uh, kind of like <laughs> you have like a scratching fever almost. You know what I'm saying? What do you mean? <laughs> I get you the movie. I get you puns. <laughs> puns, 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 puns are great, man. Only the highest one day. comedy. Oh yeah, best thing for dad jokes. Oh yeah, that's that. Uh, you got to keep them going. You know, you got another baby on the way, so you got to keep those dad oh, jokes yeah. alive. <laughs> so Clinton, we're here today to talk a little bit about you and what you do. So we know that you're a filmmaker. We know that you're a director. We know that you write your own stuff. Do you do your own stunts? Um. Well, if I were to be an actor, I would try to do my own stunts. Not saying I'd be good at them, but you know, give it a good old college try. <laughs> hey, thought it was always worth it, man. Absolutely. So well, I'm really good at getting punched. So you know. <laughs> hey. Getting punch, getting punch, you know, whatever it is. We're here a little bit today to talk about your career, plan on going with it, and just how you plan to inspire people. That's the whole idea of Indie Roots. Tell us a little bit about you. Well, a little bit about me. Uh, my name's Clint Robinson. I'm a Libra. Um, I enjoy movie dates. Uh, no. You hear that, ladies? Libra. <laughs> but... um. <laughs> Anyways, a little more serious. Um, I've been pretty much in film my whole life, either consuming it or creating it. Um, just founded R&R Productions in February or March. I can't remember, like, exactly what end of this year, you know, 2020. Uh, yeah, 2020. That's all me. people need to know, 2020. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I've been doing films quite longer than that. But the whole idea of making my own company was to make this film, The Scratching, um, just so that, you know, insurance and blah, 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 uh, legal reasons, you know, just so that it could legally be owned by me or an entity owned by myself. Um, the Scratching, you know, like I said, it's a horror. It's not trauma. something that you have a rash. <laughs> not, not that <laughs> one. Not that type of scratching. Okay. Um, it just makes Making sure, you know, it's not some sort of, like, STD or STV or anything like that. Uh, it's a film basically about a husband and wife that just got home from a date. They're trying to reconcile their marriage, even though it's been broken for years. Uh, and they come home, and they find their daughter crying and bleeding on the floor of the living room. And we kind of just follow the drama of that situation and the emotions that outpour from this issue and this uh, toxic family. Um, it's going to be about a 15-minute short. Got a great cast, great crew. The only thing that's up in the air is myself. So as long as I do my job well, it'll be a pretty good film. There you go. So what gave uh, you the inspiration for this film? Um, You know, even though it's a horror, it's more about my own turmoils and emotions. Each of the characters in the film have a little bit about myself or things I've gone through. 
alcoholism, anger issues, manic episodes, PTSD, being a people pleaser, anxiety and depression. Um, you know, it's got a little bit of, of me in each of those characters. Say that's something that you do with every project? Every project has a little bit of me in it, um, even if it's just a subtle hint. And it's kind of my way of treating it as therapy, almost, um, and playing out how I am as a person in a controlled environment. And every time I write something, I get a little bit more out of myself, and I feel a little more in tune with myself when I write, especially when I write something personal like that. That's Um, amazing. You know... I still have projects that are like goofy or whatever. Like I told you, I have a stoner comedy I'm working on as well. It's still getting written, but like even even that, like I was a stoner in high school, so it's something a little piece of myself in that environment. Fine, um, if we say more and all. Yeah, you know, everybody went through high school or college. You know, everybody's had that phase. Um, if you said you don't, you didn't. You're just lying. But, you know, even on projects like the Batman, like I'm making the Batman fan film, The Bat, and I'm throwing a little bit about myself, not in the characters, but in the environment and how I view the world. So it's all, I I just say use like art as a way of therapy, you know what I mean? And that's what I'm doing, and I'm just making films out of it. I completely understand 99% of that, but the 1% I don't understand is, are you telling me you're not Batman? <laughs> no, I I'm not. I I'm not. Uh, first off, I'm not a billionaire. So that's that's oh, step man. one. Yeah, step that's one. that's that's step one. We we lie, and I'm not an orphan. So like you know, I'm missing oh. two major criteria to be Batman. <laughs> um, like the, we some would argue the the biggest um, criteria for being Batman. Uh, but yeah. I mean, every movie talks about it. Yeah, at least once. If not twenty times, but um, it's almost like you're watching the same movie over and over again. Almost, just different colors. But yeah, um, you know, it's just my way of coping, and like, I think it's amazing. I think it's a great way to do that and to make it an art form that's visible by so many people. And I try to make it that everybody can at least relate to one character in some way or another. You know what I mean? That's awesome, man. And like, and I don't put it in your face that these people have these issues. It's never like, oh, you know, I have, you know, depression or PTSD or BPD or whatever. Like, it's just they have it and you can see it, but it's never discussed because people don't go running around all the time announcing what they have. Well, most people, there are some people that don't like that, that every conversation they have to bring up their issues. Yeah. And we know who you are. We know. We know who you are. We know. And it makes us that have the issues look bad. We don't hurt you. <laughs> we've heard it every time we've <laughs> talked to you. But, yeah, you know, like, and, like, alcoholism has been a big thing that's impacted my family, um, you know. And, like, it's something I'm terrified of because it's genetic. Like, it can run in your genes. So, it like, you know, my father, he was an alcoholic. He's been sober now for 10 years. And, like, you know, super proud of him. He goes to AA. He sponsors people. He tries to help anybody that has any type of addiction issue, you know. 
Um, so he's like, Oakland's yeah, dad. Like, dad, uh, you don't listen to podcasts, but if somehow you listen to this, you're amazing. But, you know, it's something I'm really proud of. And it's like a problem most people don't like people talk about it in like the most like offensive manner possible. They make every alcoholic look like, a, you know, like they just sit there and they drink themselves to death. And a lot of the time, like it's just like you, they don't realize they're an alcoholic. They just think they're partying and having fun and they're going out with their friends and drinking and then they're coming home and having drinks with their friends and stuff. And they don't realize that that's a big issue that they're having is there a project right now that you're working on that has a character similar like this yes actually um the main character of the scratching he's an alcoholic and you don't really see it in this 14 minute film i mean it's not like it's discussed you just see him he always has a glass of whiskey in his hand um in the film or he's always sitting next to a glass of whiskey. But he's still, you know, having conversations. He's still, like, trying to protect his family. He's still trying to get things figured out. So it's like functional alcoholism, which is a big deal. People just think drunks sit there surrounded by empty bottles and waste away. And functional alcoholism is actually a lot more common in the world than, like, that, like, dysfunctional alcoholism. Um, and it's an issue that people should relate to and, like, understand and get to know that, like, all these things we see in media of this person with PTSD, like, constantly snapping and freaking out and, like, having, like, weird visions and flashbacks. I mean, like, that's an extreme that happens. But I actually suffer from PTSD from witnessing my brother get hit by a car when I was, like, seven years old. And it, I don't have, like, flashbacks or stuff, but PTSD can cause people to just snap instantly when it's just, like, a situation they're uncomfortable in. Um, like, it's, it's just other things. And my goal is to get people to recognize the common symptoms and the common issues of these mental health issues and not the actual, like, the extreme ends of things. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's and, amazing, like, man. Those, and those extreme ends of mental health that we show people actually ends up getting romanticized in films. And it's just like, no, it's not something to sit there and be like, oh, it's cute. They love each other and they have these issues. It's like, no, it's not cute. It's not cute that they're not getting help. It's not cute that they're not taking their medication. It's not cute that they aren't like trying to like is people aren't being compassionate about them. So these people like myself or my father or like anybody else that has these things, they're functioning members of society and we need to realize the struggles these people go through and like the way society treats people with these issues. Like we're all treated like pariahs because like we have one thing or another thing. And like, let's just be honest. Most people have something like, I, I, I believe firmly that most people have either uh, depression or anxiety. Most people, I believe most of Americans have that because of the society we live in. And I'm just trying to, A, my films are entertaining, but like I've told people before, you can look at my stuff for face value or you can read into it. All my projects have like three, four, five different layers of things going on other than what you're being entertained by. And I think that's what we need to do with art is A, entertain because we have to get people's attention. But B, we have to give them a message to listen to or pay attention to while we have their attention. That's so true, man. Um, speaking of in real life, 
I know that you have another series called Engaged. Covers lying, yes. cheating, and secrets between people. Tell us a little bit more about that. So what that series is, it's a series based around people that are either getting engaged or have been engaged while they're in their 30s. And this is actually a project that I'm a co-writer and I'm the director of. I'm not the original writer, but I helped him get his message a little across a little more clearly. Um, and it's following three couples. Let me count four couples um, and a couple extra people um, through their struggles um, because by the time you hit like your 30s you have secrets everybody knows this I'm turning 27 and I have a life behind me that I'd rather not discuss you know what I mean? so so if I meet somebody now I'm gonna try to keep some stuff in the closet for a couple of years because it's just like these are things that a are not pertinent to who I am now and B it's really nobody's business it can be toxic for both people. Like it's toxic for the person to be hiding secrets, but it's also toxic for the other person to be wanting to get into those secrets and into their personal space. And it's about trust. And like, we have a person that's cheating, like constantly, anytime he sees another woman, he cheats on his girl. Well, they kind of have an unspoken open relationship, but it's never been discussed. And there's another girl that she was a stripper when she was younger, and then she got out of that life and became a professional. She has a guy come into her life who starts blackmailing her, saying that she's going to tell her fiancé about it. You know, and he, she has to do things for him. Nothing sexual or creepy, but just things. Um, at least as of yet. This is just the pilot episode is the only thing that's been written. Um, there's a guy that's closeted bisexual and he's hidden it from his wife due to shame from his family and he's cheating on her with her therapist so like it's just a lot of things that are building into this you know another character he lost his job and he's been getting unemployment checks and severance packages but he didn't tell his girlfriend she thinks he's going off to work every day and he's just going out and hiding you know, so it's just a lot of stuff, um, a lot of messed up stuff, but stuff that actually happens in reality. It's just, you know, we made these characters all friends or related or something like that. So, like, obviously we're talking about the most toxic friend group that can exist, but it's going to make for a great show. Um, it's awesome. really dark but it's really real. The characters are real. The situations are really real. And it's just one of those things that it's like, yeah, there's probably a group of friends out there that are like this, especially in Chicago, which is where this takes place. Wow. Yeah. Speaking of a show, um, isn't The Bat the fan film that you're making based off of a show? It's based off of Mask of the Phantasm, which was the first um, theatrically released movie based in the Batman the Animated Series universe. Um, so it's got, you know, Mark Hamill voicing the Joker. Um, you know, just a lot of different stuff. It's, um, uh, it's one of my favorite Batman animated films from back then. But what we're doing is we're paying homage, homage 
to the um, source material. Uh, we're doing a dark live action spin on it and focusing more on the detective work of Batman than the violence in Batman, um, which nowadays most people are focusing on the fact that Batman can beat anybody up, but nobody's paying attention to his detective skills or his personal life. Um, so what we're doing is we're doing what other people don't expect and you know we're focusing on like his personal life we're focusing on like how batman is the greatest detective um obviously there's fight scenes because batman but we're doing a lot more focus on his brain and it's a lot darker and grittier um but yeah hopefully hopefully it comes out the way we want to because we have big plans for this project um it's going to be a 30 or 40 minute short I'm currently writing the script. I'm about 15, 16 pages in, so it's halfway done. Um, sorry, bat I'm being really cautious with writing my Batman. So oh, no, you're good. Slow. Um, we got great costume people on here. We got somebody that builds his own cosplay costumes, and then my personal costume person is working on it as well. Um, we've already got the design for our bat suit. We're just working on figuring out what we want to do for the bat symbol, uh, which is crazy. You never think when you become a director, director, you're going to be designing a bat suit. Uh, so that's awesome. I've already got some feelers out for stunt coordinators and things like that. So it's going to be a very fun project. And it's something I'm trying not to think about too much because I got other projects to come along. And the more I think about this, the more stressed I get because I got to do Batman perfect. It's one of my top three superheroes. So, All right. So as a listener, I would think that, you know, this man's always working on film. Is that true? Or do you actually have a different job that you do besides this? I've got my film stuff. I'm also going to school for photography. Uh, I also work a full-time job about 50 hours a week. And I also run my own podcast too, R&R um, Cine Talks. So I'm very busy. I'm also in the process of creating an anime. Um, still have time to do everything else in my life too. I haven't even had to sacrifice anything. I'm just really good at juggling. I don't recommend it to people that aren't good at time management to be involved in that many things. So with all this on your plate, what gives you the inspiration to keep on going? Just because, you know, A, it's my passion. Like all this stuff I'm doing, I'm passionate about 100%. Well, except for the insurance job. Yeah. But, you know, got to pay the bills somehow. Um, but I'm, I'm passionate about it. Like with my podcast, I'm getting other people in the film industry promoted. I'm getting to meet other people. I've had people make connections, like a lot of different things. So, I mean, I've even gotten you connected to some people, you know what I mean? Yeah. Is that hard like, to do? It's, I mean, I'm a people person, people tell me. So like everybody gets along with me, I think. Um, I mean, you've met me. Well, over we get along over the internet, anyways. Haven't met, haven't met in person. <laughs> but so, like, I guess my skill, like, some skill I didn't even realize I had is networking. 
and you just have to know how to talk to people and how to be respectful to everybody. Like, I even work with a guy who has completely different political views than me, but we just have a rule not to talk about it. And we're very professional. We're still friends. We still help each other on projects. I think you know who I'm talking about. But it's just one of those things. Like, you have to understand we're all in this industry together. And, like, that's all it's about is just connecting and communicating and understanding you're helping the other person as much as they're helping you because you know me getting somebody on my podcast i'm promoting them but they're also promoting me i mean that's the business side exactly Um, mutual respect exactly and like my films like i said i just want to get messages out there and spread messages and everything i'm working on stuff that would make some people uncomfortable to write or direct um, because it's out of what I've lived in my life sometimes, but it's a message that needs to be heard. I mean, you and I are working on that film that's very uncomfortable for some people, and it's a message that needs to be heard. You know, we get all this watered down, wishy washy stuff from Hollywood, but we don't get any real, like, messages. Exactly. And I think that's what we need in the world is a real message. And us in the indie community, we aren't under restrictions from Hollywood or the government or whatever. So we can do whatever we want and spend, send the message that we want. Yeah, that's what inspires me to keep going is knowing that like, even if I'm only getting my message across to 50, 60, 100 people, I'm still getting a message across to people And at the end of the day, that's all I want. I don't care about money or if everybody in the world agrees with what I'm making. If you don't agree with what I'm making, you probably have some sort of issue because I'm writing stuff that's mental health awareness, that's sexual awareness, that's, you know, abuse awareness, that's racial awareness, you know, classism. Like, I plan on hitting every major issue in my career and... I don't have a political agenda. I'm just trying to make people be human to each other. That's all I want. I don't care if it's liberal or conservative because at the end of the day, I think it's just being human and spreading the word of love and peace. You know what I mean? Yeah, I definitely feel that. So how do you hope to inspire the next generation? I know you do a lot of work with like what you just said. You want to do a whole lot of hard-hitting topics. So how do you hope to push that onto the next generation? So after you're long gone, how do you want somebody else to step up and keep it going? I just hope that I at least get somebody, like if I can hit one person that inspires them to go along a similar route as mine, it doesn't even have to be the same. Maybe they go more hardcore, they go more uncomfortable, they go more intense, which I mean, to me, if somebody can go more hardcore and intense than me, I'm going to be shocked and in awe. Um, But I just want to get somebody to, I hope to inspire everybody to, in their art, be it music, poetry, literature, sculpting, painting, film, photography, like, uh, there's other art forms out there I didn't list off, but these are, those are the major ones, like video games, you know comic books 
if if I can get people to start trying to spread a message other than entertainment, I'd be happy because that's what the world needs. We have enough filler garbage media that's just to sit down and turn your brain off for five hours or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. We need people that are willing to take a risk. Like, you shouldn't be uncomfortable with the message. Like, I'll push the boundaries um, and try to get you to, like, get you to that borderline of uncomfortable, but also realizing you're getting a message across. And, yeah, there are some messages that will make any person uncomfortable. Like, you start talking about sexual assault, people get uncomfortable. And, like, it's in that point of discomfort that you have the person's attention the most. Yeah. So you have to you have to figure out at what point is it so uncomfortable people walk out and it's uncomfortable enough to have their undivided attention. And I think a lot of films go way too uncomfortable or way too comfortable. Like 13 Reasons Why. I love the book. But they kind of romanticized in the series suicide. Yep, they sure did. And there's a there there's a big correlation between people committing suicide and when that series came out. Um, and that's they made it too comfortable of a topic. And it's just one of those things, you know. You have to figure out what you're doing and how it'll affect people and you have to put your mindset in the mindset of the audience and what I do is I put my mindset in the mindset of the people who agree with me and then I also put my mindset in that of the person that's against my belief and I try to see if it's benefiting both parties because even if a person agrees with you you have to still try to benefit them in some way give them some form of sort of information or another point of view on the topic. Yeah, it's really important. You know what I mean? Very, very important. Because that's that's the only reason way that any type of goal can be achieved in this type of media is you have to be able to enthrall people and inform them at the same time. And, you know, I'm all for some of that, like, what I call filler stuff, like Avengers or whatever. Like, that's pure filler. There's not really a message getting across, at least not a big message in any sort of way. But I also enjoy being informed or questioned, like in Us. Yeah. Like, that was, that had a big message, but it was also entertainment. Exactly. Jordan feels amazing. Absolutely. Oh. And, like... That, yeah, hopefully I answered your question about it. Yeah, you definitely answered it, man. This is a great answer, honestly. I mean, there's no wrong answer on how you choose to inspire somebody. We all choose to inspire somebody in our own way. That's all the time we have today. Thanks again, Clinton, for joining us on India Roots. Absolutely no problem, Chris. Thanks for having me. All right. You guys have a great night. This will be coming to a closet near you next time again. And always, we just love the closet. Good night.